Napa know-how. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Hi there, modern lovers. So today we're going to be talking to Miss America, say what? And former ugly duckling Jane Jenkins Herlong grew up to be such a lovely swan that she became a Miss America contestant. One of America's leading humorists, Jane's audiences have learned how to use the healing power of humor to handle negative people and circumstances and achieve more productive, positive living. And, of course, what we care about here at Modern Love is when you've got a good sense of humor, research shows those are the people who have healthier relationships make sense doesn't it we'll tell you more about that in a minute but here at modern love we also want to equip you so that you have the best information based on science and fact to achieve your highest goals and of course your best love so you can visit us at www.drbrendawade.com or better still i'm going to invite you right now to meet me and work with me in person at our super transformative Modern Love Academy here in San Francisco. Our next Saturday live event is coming up, 15th of September. It'll be five steps. Mm-hmm. There are five of them to move you from toxic love to open-hearted love. And think about it, most of us do everything we do half-heartedly. What if you could literally love wholeheartedly? You know where it has to start, clearing those unconscious obstacles that stop you from loving you wholeheartedly. So join me and our special guest. You can go to Eventbrite to register for that powerful training. And I look forward to being with you. Now, really quickly, here's our Ask Dr. Brenda question. Hi, Dr. Brenda, I'm a 34-year-old woman, been in a committed relationship, I'll call him Harry, for six years. He proposed four years ago. I told him I want to marry him, but I wasn't ready. The years have gone by. We flourish as a couple. Most people would swear we're already married, but I've been worrying that I might have blown my chance for another proposal. Harry hasn't mentioned marriage again. And if I initiate the topic, he changes the subject. I feel silly for wanting to be proposed to again, but it is important to me. I don't want to be pushy. Should I talk to him about it or wait it out and see? 
time to get it on. Oh, come on, time to get it on. Of course you're going to talk about it. If you have learned anything from me and all of our wonderful guests here at Modern Love Radio, it's talk about it. So I would say, hey, Harry, remember when you proposed to me? You made my toes tingle. It was so exciting. It was so wonderful. I really do want to marry you. Could you just, in your own time, in your own way, propose to me again? It would mean so much. What do you think? And leave it there. Let him figure it out. Let him tell you if he's not up for another proposal. And if he's not, you could just agree to get married. So get it on. All right, everyone, you're in for a treat today from one of America's most honored humorists, Jane Jenkins Herlong, the best-selling author of four books, including the Indie Award-winning book, Rhinestones on My Flip-Flops. I love that <laughs> title. <laughs> right, Jane, we have to start laughing already. Jane's sense of humor and smart work has taken her from the rows of her family's tomato farm to the runway of Miss America the pageant, and beyond, and she's a recent inductee into the prestigious Speaker Hall of Fame. She's one of 232 men and women to be awarded this honor, including former president, wouldn't you know, Ronnie Reagan (laughs) and General Colin L. Powell. Jane has also earned the designation of Certified Speaker Professional by the National Speakers Association. So, she has a lot to tell us, and what an interesting story. Jane Herlong, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm very, very honored. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, tell us how you started out in life, because we, well, we heard tomato fields, but tell us a bit of that story, would you? Yes. My father was a hard-working farmer, and he grew like small grain and vegetables, and I just grew up with a work ethic, and to be honest with you, I'm thankful every day that I have that. Daddy was honest and hardworking, and my mother was funny. So those... (laughs) What a great combination. (laughs) Well, I am so thankful I inherited all three of those things, I think. I try to live in any way, but it was rough. Um, I knew that we struggled, but I learned to persevere. I saw Daddy persevere on the farm, and it instilled that in me. And nothing is too insurmountable. You just go after it and just see what happens. And yeah, what you part just of the country did you grow up in? Oh, in the south, in the low country of South Carolina, outside of oh, Charleston. Yeah, John's beautiful. Island. Oh, my goodness, yes. That's a beautiful part of the country. Goodness. Yes. I was just down there myself a week ago. Oh, nice. Yes. Charleston's gorgeous. I love the rocking chairs in the airport, right? Yes. <laughs> Priceless. We want every, everybody every to get airport could have them. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It's kind of laid back like we like to be in the South. I love it. So <laughs> now one thing that I saw when I was reading over your bio is that you were labeled dyslexic. I was. Yes. In fact, I got fired from teaching dyslexic children. I mean, I just, it just blew my mind, and I was, I knew something wasn't right, because in school, it's like, nothing stuck, and Uh I would have to sit on the front row, and I learned to record everything, so I became my own tutor, Uh and I I learned my learning style, and by myself. What is your learning style? This is important, because there are a lot of people 
who had all kinds of labels in school because we think everybody should learn the, the same way. And we know that there are many different learning styles. What was yours? Audio. That's what I thought when you said you recorded it. So right. listen, everybody, you could be a visual learner, you could be auditory, you could be somebody who takes pictures in your brain and translates them. Some people are kinesthetic, you have to feel it in your body. So if you've been on this journey that Jane is talking about, it's really important to think about what is my learning style. Now, being a visual learner, how did you get on the road to being a beauty contest, and what is this thing about you being an ugly duckling? I've looked at your photos. You're gorgeous. Well, you're sweet, and thank God for Photoshop currently. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was a tomboy. I had real short hair. I loved to play on the farm. I'd lost my two front teeth, and my lips were huge. Now, I love them today. But when you're a little chap with big lips and no teeth and real short hair and dress like a boy, you know, a lot of times you tend to get teased, but that was just me. And uh, I just remember thinking when the teacher said the big high school girls are going to pick out the cute little girls to be in a beauty pageant, I guess that wherewithal of never giving up, watching my daddy, I just stepped up and grinned, and they kind of laughed at me. In fact, they did. And they picked oh. the little cream puff next to me with the stick-out dress. I'm over it. Can you tell? Oh, but, my <laughs> God, the stick-out dress. Now, what is a stick-out dress? I just have to know. <laughs> well, it's the crinoline. It's the crinoline oh. with the little poodle socks. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I always like to tell people that her mama put the pink spongy rollers in her hair the night before. And oh. as we say in the South, her hair was jacked up to Jesus. <laughs> jacked up to Jesus. I don't remember that one. <laughs> Big hair, girl. I've never Big heard hair. that one. My family's from the South, and I have not heard jacked up to Jesus. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, now I see why we say we have a sense of humor here. So you went from being turned down in the beauty contest to having a struggle in school and being told probably you can't do that. Right, and, a million times. Yeah, and being told no. My goodness. That's right. What was the turning point for you? I think I really I really prayed. I really felt like there was a place for me. I just had to find it. And as I matured, I realized that people enjoyed my sense of humor. And I was fun. And I, I saw the attraction. And then I started looking at the pageant competition as something, and this is important, something I was not but knew I could become. And that's huge. And that's where that seed is sown, where you have to feed it, and it has to be fertilized and watered, and the sun's got to shine in, and you've just yeah, got to make it grow. Yeah, the thing that we feel like we're not, but we want to become, that's a very that's right. nice recipe. Now, how many languages do you speak, Jane? Well, you know, that's a joke, because I say I speak um, English, Southern, Northern, and Gullah. <laughs> <laughs> Northern, Southern English, and Gullah. I love it. And I'm, so the, I'm working on another one. I've got my Midwestern almost there. So oh I'm almost goodness. up to five. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And that is a language unto itself. No question. Yes, it is. No question. My goodness. Now, emotional stress is something that you've been through. Yes. And you've been working on creating a formula to help people have more mental wealth and a balanced life. Tell us about that. 
Well, I think you have to be honest. And I think a lot of times I think of all of us as, as being a, tooth, a tube of toothpaste. And life is that key at the bottom. When it turns, it puts pressure. And whatever comes out of the top, to me, that's what's inside of you. And if it's mm. something that's not pretty mm-hmm. and not attractive and you don't like it, there are resources, let me tell you. And there's no shame in this. I went to a counselor. And I am an avid reader of self-help books. That's why I like to write self-help books. With Mine is humorous, but it's self-help. So there are resources everywhere. They're good friends. And you just can't go to any counselor. You've got to get one that you feel totally comfortable with so you can just share everything from the pit of your soul and let that well, person help you, you know understand you. I am you. a huge fan, and here at Modern Love Radio, we encourage everyone, and I have to geek out for just a minute. I usually geek out somewhere in each show because I started out as a hard scientist. The science says when we talk about relationships or any other important area of our lives, if we get premarital training, there are 50% fewer divorces for those people coming right out of the gate. And really good premarital training helps you to identify which of the five toxic love patterns you might have been exposed to and you might have learned in your family, and then how to resolve those. And, of course, that's what we do here at Modern Love Training, not just the best communication skills, but getting those old patterns dissolved, making sure that you create healthy new patterns. And for you, Jane, what you're talking about is saying, that it's just essential to even be a better human being. We've got to work on ourselves. And two, we have to, we, there, people can teach us. And sadly, my two siblings taught me a lot about what not to do. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how sometimes we become the thing we, dis, we have such disdain for if it's in a pattern that we see in our parents. That's right, but because with, with, you can't help it. Now, I just want to say this. We can't help it. If you can see it, hear it, touch it, taste it, or feel it, prior to the age of nine, the brain is a miniature recording device. It just records it, and then it plays it back over and over and over because the brain wires all those patterns together, and then they fire together. So that's the end of geeking out. I promise I won't geek out anymore. Well, I love what you said. That's that's a, that's exactly what I feel, and I didn't know what age, but I'm glad to know at nine that's a pivotal place in your, in your, in your childhood. Yeah, because and that's I j- when the brain starts to shift from that early child brain, and you get the first little bit, just tiny little bit, of the gray matter, the cortex coming in, so you can start to reason just a tiny bit. But the brain's not finished till 25, so let's just get that on the table. Well, that is great info. And I, I really, I just looked at what I saw patterned before me, and I said, no way. Mm. And do you know that can come full circle back to bite you, too? Wow, tell I mean, us more it, about what you mean. Well, I mean, in my own siblings, I was not going to, adopt the pattern that both of them had. And, of course, when your parents age and one passes away and there's one left, that family dysfunction can surface to the top like poison. I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I was a... Ben, oh, yeah, honey. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, and it's not a pretty one, but you've got to be willing. I felt like some of the things I got away from, but I had to go back to it to help my parents and to be a child that was involved mostly with what's in their best interest. And yeah. it was very sad. And I didn't put this in the pearls in the um, rhinestone book, but it's in another book I wrote. Mm-hmm. But it was a horrible time in my family, and I was blamed for everything. And and talking about mental imbalance, my sister was so angry at just so much that mm-hmm. she developed to me, in my opinion, and my counselor, amen, this said it developed a mental illness, and she mm-hmm. died right after my mother died. Oh, how sad! And it was terrible. It is, but you know, this is one of those things we need to just bookmark this because everyone pay attention to what Jane is saying. Those things we don't resolve. Over time, they don't just get better. They tend to get worse if we don't resolve them. The cost of running the old unhealed patterns gets higher and higher, and it can create chronic illness. This is a fact. You can go look it up. And it sounds like that's what happened to your sister. So abrupt change of topic here. I want to talk about the swimsuit competition for Miss America. Yes. What was that like for you? Because I know, well, you know, I was a beauty contestant, contestant, and the thing I hated more than anything was having to wear this stupid swimsuit. I was 19 years old in New York City walking down the catwalk at the Essex House Hotel in a national competition, and all I wanted was to wrap myself up in a blanket. I agree. I felt the same way. I hated it. My professor in graduate school told me to wear my swimsuit underneath my clothes everywhere I went. He said, you have got to make friends with this swimsuit. Oh. Yeah. Now, are so you I made in friends. favor of the swimsuit competition continuing? Because there's a lot I- of controversy now about this kind of display of women's bodies? Where do you stand on that? I really think that if they're going to eliminate this, and physical fitness is huge for our well-being, mental well-being, especially how good it is to be physically fit and eat right, to eliminate that part that is so paramount, I think, to people having a stable lifestyle is wrong. So whatever way you show physical fitness and good habits, that should be highlighted because America needs more of this, especially in the South. I think we're the diabetic capital of the world. Well, it's true. I have Carolina. to say, having just been there, I was, I was shocked. There, there are diabetes clinics on almost every corner. It's yes. everywhere. And, of course, it's, it's hard to convince people. You know, my family is in the Deep South, and it's hard to convince people that we can switch to a healthier way of eating. I've had several of my relatives, grandmother, godfather, people die of diabetes, and it's, it's a terrible illness. So that's, that's my plug for everybody. I don't know about the swimsuit, Jane. I was so traumatized by it, although I did win this swimsuit. I was really traumatized by walking around in that swimsuit. <laughs> well, but here's how I look at it, to be honest. It was a massive challenge, and I like a good challenge. Mm-hmm. And the thought of walking across that stage with a television audience of millions motivated me to get in shape and try to stay in shape. Huh. So to me, it was a challenge. I and never I, looked at it that way, about it being about fitness. And I think, you know what, if the competition 
could talk more about fitness and diet and nutrition, I think I would feel better about the whole swims. Because, of course, I worked hard. You know, I always did a lot of fitness work. So now you also say that watering down requirements for Miss America and these other iconic institutions is creating an environment that you call the death of being exceptional. I, I do think it is. I, In other words, I know better than to try to put myself in the Miss Universe system. I don't have that unbelievable killer figure with that glamorous face. I know I know exactly where I fit in. I couldn't compete for America's Junior Miss, which is now America's most distinguished young woman or outstanding. They change it so much. I didn't have the grades. It was based on academic performance. Now, why would I expect them to change those rules for me? And I, I think when Miss America says swimsuits 10%, that's the least amount that it counts. And I, to be honest with you, I don't like this little, these little skimpy things they wear. I really don't. I think there's another way to talk about fitness and another way that you can talk about Well, Jane, good that's going to be your next book, and I want you to go after <laughs> it because the conversation, you know, our tagline for this show is a healthy body is a sexy body. Because we are all about people being healthy, body, emotions, mind, and spirit. But the body, I believe, is the temple of the soul. And everything, at the end of the day, our thoughts, our feelings, our spiritual lives, or lack thereof, affect the body. And when I say spirit, I'm very inclusive. You don't have to believe in any particular faith if you don't. But I do know we need to elevate our consciousness. There are some people that get their spiritual juice from watching a sunset or a sunrise or hiking a mountain and, you know, feeling the glory of nature. I'm fine with that, but we all need to raise our consciousness because it makes us better people. If we can have something that makes us feel a little bit humble. That's true. That's, I, I could not agree with you more. I know that when I don't eat right, I feel it. I mean, that show, Supersize, my children watched that when they were in high school about the guy that was in great shape and he yes. ate a fart, and I won't mention the product. Um, right, food, we know what which product not he healthy. was eating. <laughs> yes, but it's something Big to be said about. burgers. Yes, <laughs> lots of fat, and um, we have a thing with salt. I mean, all of that. It just plays into your how you see things. How about the Twinkies mess a while back with the lawsuit wow. saying that yeah. it was? So I do think, and I think what's happened to Miss America, though, the underlying issue is I think there was some misrepresentation of what ABC was requiring and not requiring, and it got misrepresented. And I think that's what got people up in arms more than anything. So what was misrepresented? Because I wasn't following the controversy. It was that ABC would not air the pageant if there was swimsuit competition, and that was not true. And oh. so, yep, that wasn't true at all. And now also with gown, they're letting gown evening wear be whatever you think it is. I mean, it could be a nightgown for all I know. Somebody could walk on stage in a lingerie. I don't know. Wow. I mean, That's it's, it's really – I at mean, the end I of the day, do those co- – do, do those competitions help or hurt women in the era of Me Too and Time's Up when women are rising up and saying, I'm not just a sex object, 
to be looked at or touched, especially without my permission. And I want an equal place at the table so that my intelligence, my accomplishments can be valued as more than just how I look. That's that's a good point, but I think it all is in how you carry yourself, how you present yourself. I think that you can present yourself in any article of clothing and feel good, but I don't like the skimpy swimsuits, I can tell you that. But see, yeah. I never thought of swimsuit as being a meat show. I never I never perceived it in that way. I thought of it as a great challenge to get in shape and to be proud of the body that I worked out and ran and exercised. And it, it really was, uh, I think it was, to me, it was courage. Well, that's it, the it, other side of the equation. It takes a lot of work to be in those competitions. And, you know, I, I'm looking for a way now that those competitions can extend into women really valuing themselves because you raise another issue when you talk about women's bodies and being healthy because there's so much these days of what we call slut shaming if a woman is uh showing you know a lot of skin or a lot of leg or something instead of saying wow she worked hard to look great or boy she's healthy and strong we tend to say you know something very derogatory like she's dressed like a slut. It's 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 tough. It's very tough. It it is. And it's sad to me because I think women and I'm not saying all women for sure, but I think a lot of women get in trouble because they send out the wrong signals. Mm-hmm. And it's misinterpreted by some creepy thinking people. And yeah. I mean the Miss America pageant never lets Miss America appear in swimsuit. That's it. That one time on stage, that's it. So she is your wholesome girl next door, and that's how Al Marks started branding Miss America as that just all-American girl next door that in two hours everybody knows who she is and she's America's sweetheart. Now that is wonderful, someone who's quick on their feet, can handle, um, answer questions, looks good, is not um, overly um, in exercising or doesn't well, have any kind of issues. What was the atmosphere backstage for you with the other young women in the past? Wonderful. Were they kind? Were they supportive? They were. Yeah, I found it, that it, as well when I was Yeah, it was when you get on that level. I was in the pageant because I wanted to win a scholarship so I could continue Me too. going to college. And I won the scholarship. It helped so much. To get me too. It sent me to graduate school. school. Yeah. Right. Got me Same here. Very, very helpful. So my parents could do a certain amount. I had a certain amount of uh, financial aid, but then that scholarship money was terrific. So now, what would be your advice? There are many young women today struggling to create a healthy, whole identity as a woman where their intelligence, their feelings, their accomplishments are going to be more important than looks, although, of course, as you said, we want women to continue to be healthy and take care of their bodies. What would be your best advice to them? I'd say in one of my speeches, you know, I'm a a humorist, but I have some common sense principles. (laughs) I try to. And I I have a speech called Don't Throw Tomatoes at My Field of Dreams. 
And I have three little bullet points, and the first one is that I went the extra mile and I shined my tomatoes because the other ones were ugly. So I tell people, find your shine. What makes you smile? What makes you pop up in the morning? What is it? The second thing is to get rid of the things and the negative talk that holds you back. Stay focused on your goals. And turn your no into next. Just think next. And the mm, and the I third like thing that. I turn say your no into next. Right. And the third thing I say is have the wisdom to know when to plow up and start over or to plow through. And sometimes we just have to plow through. And I just hold on to your dreams, be who God made you to be, and celebrate all of it. And treat everything as a learning experience to be to be a better version of yourself. Always strive to be a better version of yourself, always. You know, I couldn't agree with you more about everything is a learning experience. Because if we look at life that way, that leads to the condition known as wisdom. Yes. Everything in life is a teacher. You know, there's a quote that I love from one of the spiritual teachers that I visited when I was in India. And he would say over and over, every experience is a lesson, every loss is a gain. It's all in how we work with it. So that's I always, my advice. We can take those three yes. tips to the to the bank. We have to get those tomato fields <laughs> plowed up, shined, or plow through. There you go. And, and get rid of the stuff that holds you back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that that is what we call, what I call, invisible wounds. And that's where mm-hmm. we started talking about what it is we put into that little child brain. That's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to do exactly what Jane is advising. Take a look at that and weed out the things that are getting in the way, the negative thoughts, the negative beliefs, the negative self-talk especially, and how we talk about things and look at things in the world. My goodness, Jane Herlong, great advice from a beauty queen and a very, very strong, accomplished woman. I appreciate you sharing your point of view. And everyone, I want you to know you can get hold of Jane by going to her website. It's dot. Jane Herlong, and that's spelled H-E-R-L-O-N-G. Think her, long. She's long on wisdom. And also, you can get Jane's book. She has four books, but I really think you're going to want to pick up Rhinestones on my flip-flops, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Jane that Herlong, is a good one, so let me much. just tell you. I thoroughly I enjoyed it. Bless you. All right, and big thank you to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Mr. Cliff Dunning. To all you modern lovers, I expect to see you in our Modern Love Training Center where you can do the deep work to get rid of the old patterns that are in your way, learn some really effective, powerful ways to create the love you've always wanted, whether you're married, single, widowed, divorced, LGBTQ, or straight, it doesn't matter. All are welcome because everybody deserves a great love. All right. Blessings. Bye. Thank you. Bye.